Welcome to To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to every generation so we can grow in our relationship with God. Okay, if you have a Bible, if you will turn to Exodus 13, verse 17. Exodus 13, verse 17. One of the things I really love about Jesus is how natural He is. Reading the Gospels, you really get a feel of His humanness and His love for people and how He uses everything to try to get His point across. He'll use other people. He'll use the very things He created in nature. Things like trees and figs and fields and water and fish. Everything. And the reason He does that is to help everybody understand. He tries to break it down so everyone can really, it'll be clear to people what He's trying to convey to them. So it really doesn't matter the intellect of a person. It just has to do with what they're accustomed to seeing and doing and experiencing. In Exodus 13, most of you are familiar with it. It's the story of the Exodus where the Jews were enslaved to Pharaoh and his soldiers. And they would do everything. Anything that the Egyptians needed, the slaves did, the Israeli slaves did. But there's something in this story for you and me. And my prayer tonight, or today, is that the Lord really opens up our eyes, spiritually speaking, so that we can see the wonderful truths from His Word that are relevant for all of us today and every day. So let's take a look at Exodus 13. We're gonna, I'm going to read verses 17 to 22. Then it came to pass, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, Lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and they return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. So they took their journey from Sukkoth and encamped in Etham at the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so as to go by day and night. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Now, some interesting things that if you just read this, you can miss. 
Understand that Pharaoh is a type of Satan. Pharaoh is a type of the enemy, of the father of lies, of the one who tries to gain control of us through any means he can to make us slaves. Egypt is a type of the world. It's a type of the world system for you and I. See, we don't live in Egypt. We're not governed by a pharaoh. But we live in the world. And we can be enslaved by that world. We can be controlled by it. Now notice God leads the people around by way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. Here is the area where they were enslaved. And they were led out by Moses. They came down here to Sukkoth and then down to Etham. But there's a very interesting thing that we have to see. And I believe it's something that the Lord wants us to see today. And that's this. They could have went here straight across to where they were going, which is this area. This is the way they could have went, the way of the Philistines. But notice what God says in this verse. Lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return back to Egypt. Now one of the things that is going on right here, the way of the Philistines, is this is a trade route. Okay, this is the way people would go from here over to the land of Canaan. Now, the land of Canaan was never visited by the people of Israel. Those who were enslaved, they never went to Canaan. This was the land that God promised Moses, the land flowing with milk and honey. Now, there's a trade route here. And there's a lot of people along this way. But one of the things along this way are Egyptian outposts, military posts. Okay, now, think of what's going on. All the plagues, the ten plagues that God had to use to try to touch Pharaoh's heart. I look at those plagues as God's mercy and grace on Pharaoh, trying to get him to see who he is, the Almighty God. But Pharaoh, like so many people today, have a hard heart. They don't read the signs of the times. They don't read the things that are in their lives. That God is using those very things to try to bring them to their knees to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's all geared for that. Eternity is geared for what you and I do with Jesus Christ when He's given to us here on this earth. We can reject Him or we can embrace Him. There is no middle ground. We're all out or we're all in. So along this way, God felt that if the Israelites, over two and a half million of them, taking this journey, that they would have seen with their eyes these military outposts. They would have feared in their hearts possible war. And they might leave this area and go back to be enslaved by the world 
instead of being brought to the promised land. I believe today God wants you and I to see the same thing. That maybe we're enslaved to things. Maybe you're here today and you are a believer in Jesus Christ, but you're still enslaved to things. Things are still keeping you from the promises of God. And I believe He wants us to see that. Maybe you're here today and you are still on the fence or a friend brought you today and and you don't know about this Jesus who loves you, who cares about you, who died on the cross for you, who rose from the dead, who gave you His love book that we have right in our pews right now that we take for granted. That He cares about you so much that He has you within the sound of His voice today. Not my voice, His voice, His words. So what God did, instead of going the shortcut, because we all know how much we like to take shortcuts, we like to do things the easy way to get us to our destination. But God knew that probably a two-week journey to teach the lessons he had to to these people, he was going to take them a long way around and through and back up into here. A journey that would take 40 years. Could have only taken a couple weeks. Why? Why? Why do you and I have to go through, through things sometimes so long Why? Why is a journey so hard sometimes? Notice in verse 21, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way. Amazing that a cloud representing the presence of the the Lord would lead them on their journey. Think of a cloud. We'll see some other slides today, but just think of the clouds on a beautiful day, how pretty they are. But yet a plane going through the clouds can't see any further than the windshield, and they have to rely on our radar to guide them through. But yet here the Israelites were being guided by a cloud to go on their journey to Canaan, the land of promise, the land flowing with milk and honey. They didn't have a GPS back then. They didn't have those kind of maps that we have available to us today. So God was their guiding system. God's presence, His Spirit, GPS. God's presence, Spirit. The same guidance system that's available to you and I today, every day, if we avail ourselves to it. By night, a pillar of fire to give them light. Another sign, another symbol of God's presence, like the cloud, the fire. The fire of God's presence. And we'll look at that a little bit today. 
If you turn with me to Exodus 14, verse 19. Notice here, and the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud went from before them and stood behind them. So it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Thus it was a cloud and darkness to the one, and it gave light by night to the other, so that the one did not come near the other all that night. Interesting that God's presence to one was a light, to another group it was darkness. What happened in this story is the Egyptians are now pursuing the Israelites who are being led out of Egypt by Moses. Moses, a type of Jesus Christ. Jesus leads you and me out of the world, our Egypt, to the promised land, to the spirit-filled land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the milk of his word, the sweetness, the honey of his presence. Those people who aren't believers, who God has yet to open up their eyes, it's cloudy, it's dark, there's a separation. They can't see the one side from the other. Many times, this side are angry with those who have a relationship with Jesus Christ. There's a world that you and I live in that's trying to take away two things. People's relationship with Jesus Christ and our freedoms. No different than the world of Egypt at this time. But God always calls the people. He always has a remnant of people. But those people in that remnant are from all different parts of society, all different levels in their walk with the Lord. Does not have to be that way. Doesn't. We can all have a deep, rich, sweet, abiding love and relationship with Jesus Christ. But it's a hard attitude. It's a hard issue. In Exodus 14, 24, it says, Now it came to pass in the morning watch that the Lord looked down upon the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud, and he troubled the army of the Egyptians. Got a question for everybody today. What is in your life that's cloudy? What's in your life that's burning you like the fire? What is it? What is it that you're not understanding? What is it that you're not sure of? What, of it, what is it that's really in the, deep in your heart that really you can't share with anyone or maybe just one other person because it's so deep embedded in you and you're confused? You're burning up with this whole thing. It's like a fever in your soul. 
Well, good news is that God is in the midst of that cloud. God is in the midst of that fire. God is in the midst of whatever you're going through. He's right there with you as you're going through it. You might not seem it. But we have historical evidence. We have things like we're sharing today. Do you think all the two and a half million Israelites had the same faith in the same God that Moses had? I don't think so. I think like you and I, it's a progressive growth. It's a, it's a growth as we go through this journey of life. We meet each other along the way. God puts us in each other's path for a time. But that journey is ours in the Lord, and he blesses us with people of the same faith, with the same Savior, with the same Holy Spirit indwelling in you. This doesn't last forever. This is all temporary, what's going on here today, but God loves you so much that he reaches into his love letters and conveys to us the scriptures through his word as we avail ourselves to it. But for so many times, especially here in New Jersey, here in Monmouth and Middlesex and Ocean Counties and all the surrounding counties, we take it for so much granted, God's word. We don't cherish it like we should because it's readily, there's a hundred Bibles in here right now. You probably have several at home. Do we understand the uniqueness of what we have in our hand? As God was in the fire and he was in the smoke, he knew who the enemies were. But remember, he loves the very enemies that he had to destroy. He loves, he created them. He loves them as much as he loves you and I. But yet they were in rebellion against him. They didn't give in to all those things that he was sending them over their lifetime to say, Lord, I repent. I come to you, Jesus. Change my heart. Change my soul. Change the way I look out at everything through these eyes of mine. Give me your eyes. If you turn to Numbers, chapter 9, verse 15. Numbers, chapter 9, verse 15. And I'm going to read 15 to 23. Now on the day that the tabernacle was raised up, The cloud covered the tabernacle, the tent of testimony, from evening until morning. It was above the tabernacle like the appearance of fire. So it was always. The cloud covered it by day and the appearance of fire by night. Whenever the cloud was taken up from above the tabernacle, after the children of Israel would journey, and in the place where the cloud settled, 
There the children of Israel would pitch their tents. At the command of the Lord, the children of Israel would journey, and at the command of the Lord, they would camp. As long as the cloud stayed above the tabernacle, they remained in camp. Even when the cloud continued long, many days, above the tabernacle, the children of Israel kept the charge of the Lord and did not journey. So it was, when the cloud was above the tabernacle a few days, according to the command of the Lord, they would remain encamped. And according to the command of the Lord, they would journey. So it was, when the cloud remained only from evening and until morning, when the cloud was taken up in the morning, then they would journey, whether by day or by night. Whenever the cloud was taken up, they would journey. Whether it was two days, a month, or a year that the cloud remained above the tabernacle, the children of Israel would remain encamped and not journey. But when it was taken up, they would journey. At the command of the Lord, they remained encamped. And at the command of the Lord, they journeyed. They kept the charge of the Lord at the command of the Lord by the hand of Moses. Okay, we're going to stay here a week, guys. Week goes by. Okay, we're moving today. Set up camp for tonight. Okay, everybody, wake up. We're moving. Guys are going to be here a year. Oh, never mind. It's going to be two months. So think of your life as things were constantly changing. A day, two days, two months, a year, two years. Things switching, things changing, things not predictable. Good weather, bad weather, good times, good health, bad health. <clears throat> Sound familiar? That's our lives, isn't it? I think we just read our lives right here. All the different things that go on. But notice in verse 15. There's a tabernacle. Tabernacle, another name for dwelling place. When you or I receive Jesus into our hearts, He tabernacles among us. We are the temple. We are the tent. The Holy Spirit comes in and dwells in us. Jesus tabernacles among us. His presence is inside of us supernaturally. If you're someone here today and you don't see that, God wants you to see that. He wants you to understand that. He wants to give you spiritual eyes to see. Now notice the cloud covered it by day as the picture shows right here. Now remember, millions of people are around this tent. They set up camp. The 12 tribes... And if you read the Scriptures, it will tell you the 12 tribes and how many people were in each of the tribes and how they surrounded this camp. And a pretty cool thing is because of the numbers that are mentioned, if you had an airplane view of the tribes, and sometimes you can Google this and just see an artist's rendition of it, there's a cross formed by the tribes in the desert from a bird's eye view. And on the outskirts of the, of the camp, okay, was the tent of meeting. 
where the Shekinah glory of God's presence was. Where Moses would go and commune with the Lord in freedom and openness. You and I have that same freedom and openness to communicate with Jesus Christ 24-7, 365 because of what He did on the cross when He shed His blood for you and me to die for your sins and my sins. You know, I was thinking of the songs Pastor Paul played today. And I was saying, you know, almost all those songs convey the gospel. They give us the truths of the scriptures right in the songs as we're singing them. And here we have another example of God's presence in the lives of the people. But as you're going to see today, some of the people did not see God's presence. They were not aware of God's presence even though they were in the camp. They were in the camp. They saw the cloud. They saw the cloud of fire by night as they were going to bed. I'm sure as they were resting and they opened their eyes, they could see the glitter, the the light coming through their tent saying, I'm here. I'm with you. I'm your God. You're my child. Let's put them on. As I look at you right now, you never look so good. Now, let's just take a, just put those on and You probably don't see much. Maybe from the sides you can see out of it a little bit. But what I would like to do for the next couple minutes is leave these on you. And I'm going to leave them on me. And I really can't see much. I can see down at my feet, but I cannot see you unless I tilt my head a certain way. But looking straight ahead, I don't see you. That might be a blessing for you that you can't see me, but it's, uh, um, you just can't see. Now, let's take this to the spiritual level. Most people, unfortunately, spiritually speaking, cannot see. They don't understand the things of God because they're spiritually blind. There's really nothing that you and I can do to open up their eyes. It takes a miracle. It takes a touch from Jesus Christ to do that. We can hear, we can take in the things that maybe uh, someone's reading to us from the Scripture or even today you hear parts of the Scripture being read, but maybe you're not seeing the things that some of us are seeing. You're not in total darkness, It's still light. I mean, you can still, if you look up at the lights, you can see the images of the lights. But you can't see them clearly. Now, just imagine going through all of life this way. Just with these glasses on. Just think about that for a second. Now, what I'd like you to do is just take one of the lenses as paper and just take that one side off.
And now I can see all of you, but again, not too clearly. You know, I have the, the lines going through and there's still my left eye for me is still, I just see that bluishness. I don't see everything very clearly right now. And if we take off the other side, I can see much better now, but again, like you, there's still the lines, there's still the plastic of the glasses keeping me from seeing clearly. Now, this, these blue pieces of paper that were on the glasses definitely can represent sin. It blinds us. Okay? As we talked about Egypt, it enslaves us. It puts us in bondage to the enemy. He's in control of our lives. But something fantastic happens when God's word is preached. When God's presence comes into you in the middle of the night and touches your heart. When there's something cloudy going on in your life or there's a fire, there's something that really burns you in your life. Something that's burning you maybe at work or in school or even in church. And God is trying to touch you. He's trying to make contact with you. And he knows that the shortcut is not the way to go. That shortcut is not the way to take you. Because he knows there's enemies along that way that can destroy you and you might just go back to where you came from. These glasses can represent, these, this stuff on the glasses can represent philosophies and religions and ideas and man's ways. It clouds our vision of what God wants us to see. Remember, religion is man's attempt to reach God. That's like my attempt to change that bulb on the very highest light here. Good luck. You know, there's no way I'm going to change that from here. But Christianity, being a believer in Jesus Christ, being what Jesus said is born again, what happens then is God himself comes down and became a man so he can touch us. It would be like that light, somebody bringing it right to me so I can change that bulb. One is impossible, the other is very possible and practical. And God loved us so much that he sent Jesus down for us. Now, I want you to leave your glasses on for a few more minutes. And look how clear this is now with those glasses on. Isn't that awesome? How clear you, we can all see? These are awesome glasses. My goodness. This is so cool. Well, that is man's attempt to try to see the things of God. Can't be done. Unless God's Holy Spirit is present, you cannot understand anything that God wants us to understand. See if this changes anything. Does that help you? Still a problem. Still a problem. Unless you and I are washed by the water of the Word, 
unless we go through Scripture word by word and take it in and let it bury deep into our hearts, we will always have a cloudy vision of those things that God wants us to know. Always. It'll never change. You might be a believer in Jesus Christ here today, but you might be a babe in Christ until Jesus takes you home. Do you want to be a 40-year-old baby or a 10-year-old baby? Or do you want to be a, a mature believer in Christ that can understand those things that God wants you to understand? How's this one? Does this help you a little better? Can you maneuver a little better on that road now? No. We can't. Title of today's message is, I can see clearly now the rain has come. And if you know that song, that's not how it ends. It's, I can see clearly now the rain has gone. I can see all obstacles in my way, is how the song goes. Pastor Paul wants me to sing it, but I refuse to sing it. But I can see clearly now the rain has come. Why would I say rain? Well, in scriptures, water is a type of the Holy Spirit. Washing on us, cleansing us, indwelling us. What you and I need today, as always, whether you are a believer in Jesus or not, is a touch from the Master's hand. That Master, of course, is Jesus Christ. You can take your glasses off. When Jesus comes into your life and my life and touches you, things start becoming clear. You might not see everything all at once clearly, but as you walk with him, as you talk with him, as you spend time with him, things will become more and more clearer. Trust me that that happens. Ask the older people in here who have been believers for a while. They know that things become clearer. There's still cloudy days. There's still times of fire in our lives that we don't understand just exactly what's going on. But because we know the God who brought us through the clouds and fires before, we know he's going to deliver us again. Remember, clouds can be a beautiful thing. They can be beautiful. But also, clouds can hide a lot. You don't know what's going on underneath these clouds. You don't know if everybody's happy, sad. You don't know if there's robberies going on. You don't know if there's a parade going on. You don't know what's going on down there. There could be somebody telling another person about Jesus Christ, and somewhere else in the city, somebody's robbing somebody. You can't step on these clouds. You go right through them. Sometimes you can't make out what's in that cloud. You don't know what's going on, that cloudy experience that's going on in your life right now. You don't, can't really see maybe Jesus in it. But what does the Scriptures tell us to do? To walk by faith and not by sight. To trust and believe. If we even bring it down on a foggy day. If I just drop this man on this road, he's in trouble. 
He doesn't want to go backward, forward, left, or right. There's, you can't, the visibility is so, so poor. Fire is an awesome thing. can warm you on a cold, damp day, but it can be very, very destructive. But what I like to do is talk a little bit now about God's presence in our lives, God's presence in our hearts, through the power of His Holy Spirit who is indwelling each believer here. And again, if you're not a person who's made a commitment to Christ, God's Holy Spirit has His hand on you right now. Because you're in an area today that you're hearing things from the Scripture. Fire is a wonderful picture of God's work through His Holy Spirit. The Spirit is like a fire in at least three ways. He brings God's presence. He brings God's passion. And He brings God's purity. The Holy Spirit is the presence of God as He indwells in the heart of the believer. In the Old Testament, God showed His presence to the Israelites by overspreading the tabernacle with fire. This fiery presence provided light and guidance to the Israelites. In the New Testament, God guides and comforts His children with the Holy Spirit dwelling in our bodies, the tabernacle and the temple of the living God. The Holy Spirit creates a passion in us. Think of the two disciples walking on the road to Emmaus and how they describe their hearts as burning within us. Maybe today, the Lord is saying stuff to you that you feel that burning in your heart. That's His Holy Spirit. That's His presence. Because He loves you so much. He's reaching out to touch you once again. At Pentecost, the apostles were indwelt with the Holy Spirit. Remember the story? They had like clothes like tongues of fire above their heads. Just symbolic that the Holy Spirit was indwelling these believers who were waiting For the promise of Jesus who said, go and wait. I will send you a helper. I will send you a comforter. Well, this changed the apostles for their lifetime. And they went out and they spoke the word of God boldly. That same Holy Spirit that indwelt them in that upper room is indwelling the believers here today and can indwell you if you're not a believer yet. God's desire is that all people believe, that nobody perish. But He's a gracious God. He's a loving God. He gives you and I that free will to choose Him. He doesn't force Himself on us. He'll use your lifetime to try to reach into your heart. And all eternity will show the decision you made while you were here on this earth. Either you were for Him or against Him. The Holy Spirit produces the purity of God in our lives. No program can make us pure and separate us. Only God's Holy Spirit. God's purpose is to purify us so that we're not tainted by this world system. 
The Spirit is the agent of our sanctification. The Holy Spirit sets us apart. I was traveling here today, and most of you know I'm a coach, and I saw a guy raking a batting cage because baseball season started the other day in the high schools around the area. But this was a little league field, and this guy was taking care of the field. He was raking the field. Nothing wrong with that. But is he taking care of his spirit? Is he taking care of his soul? God wants to turn over his soul. He wants to rake his soul. He wants to rake his heart so he can plant his seeds of love and his presence in them. God uses his spirit to refine us. Remember, fire cleanses and tests us. Not everything is, goes through the fire, or most things that go through the fire are destroyed. Very few things are remain, but those things that remain have been purified by the fire. Lord, my prayer for me, for you, is that God puts us through that things that purifies us, to, that burns out all the gook, that gets rid of all those things that prevent us from having that deep fellowship with Jesus Christ. We can never see the spiritual eye chart unless Jesus Christ opens up our eyes. And we keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. We need to do that. doesn't matter how long we've been a believer in Jesus. We need to do it every day. Every day. You have to remember that those Israelites had that tent with the fire at night and the cloud by the day. And remember, when that cloud started moving, they moved with it on their journey to the promised land. And sometimes they were there for a day. Sometimes they were there for a year. Do you feel that your spiritual growth has been stagnated? Or right now, are you flying in your spiritual journey with the Lord? Either way, the Lord is right there. He's right there in the midst of that day or that year or that decade. He's right there. And I believe in my life, my experience has been when I get my face in the book, when I put my face in God's word and I spend time with him and I allow him to tabernacle with me, things change. The world might not change, but I change in my perspective of that very world that's perishing. And I become more sensitive to the people that God puts in my path. But is your Bible, is my Bible like this Bible? With dust on it. And every once in a while we pick it up to read. My prayer, as I show you this next clip, is that God's Holy Spirit falls on you and gives you a desire that can only be quenched every single second of every single day for the rest of your time on this earth can only be quenched by your sitting down at his feet and opening up his love letter and taking it in and reading it.
How awesome is that love that those people showed for God's Word? Did you see it? It was like a pack of piranha that went to that box of Bibles. Understand that parts of China, they have a page, and they cherish that page. And they have a Bible study on that page, one page. And if they get another page of Scripture, that becomes two pages of the Bible that they have. And then God, through His grace and mercy, was able to probably smuggle in those boxes of Bibles and how they embraced it. And do you notice what the translation was? This is what we needed the most. Now we know the Bible is God's Word, that Jesus Christ died on the cross. It's all about Jesus. But this is Jesus' words. These are His words to you and I that tra uh, transform us from the inside out. One day... Jesus is going to come back on those very clouds that he's used throughout history as his presence. We're going to see him in the clouds. We might meet him in the clouds one day. We might meet him today in the clouds, in the air. The fires that you and I go through, look to see the presence of Jesus right there. He's right in the midst of the fires. You know that. You know it. I know you know it. Because some of us shed tears together. Through cancer. Through the loss of a loved one. Jesus was there. Jesus was there. We felt his presence. We felt his comfort. We felt his peace. He was right there. In the midst of the fire, in the midst of the cloud, in the midst of the storm, he was there. Fire of purification. Sanctification by God's Holy Spirit. One day, everything's going to be over. Everything that we've done on this life will be past. And the only thing we've done for Christ will last. That's it. There's nothing else. Everything will be burnt away. Doesn't matter our position in life. Doesn't matter what we do. Doesn't matter what we're doing. Doesn't matter how much of a loner we are or how popular we are. Doesn't matter if we're a beggar or the richest man in the world. Doesn't matter. God's going to look at you and He's going to look at me and He's going to look to see if you were covered in the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, who gave Himself as a ransom for many. He loved the world so much that He died for the whole world that whoever believes in Him will not perish in the fire but have everlasting life. It's available to everyone. The atheist, the agnostic, the Muslim, the religious person is available to you and to me. No one is turned away, and everybody has that choice. I want to finish, if you turn with me, in Exodus chapter 33.
Verse, we're going to the 7-Eleven. Exodus 33, 7-Eleven. Let's slurp this up right now, everybody. Exodus 33, verse 7. Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of meeting. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. So it was whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle that all the people rose and each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord talked with Moses. All the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door and all the people rose and worshiped each man in his tent door. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And he would return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. We have a choice as we look at this scripture. Remember, Moses is a type of Jesus. Jesus and you. Company of two, but an audience of one. Jesus and you, a company of two, but an audience of one. Jesus desires intimate fellowship with you. Just you. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter what you're going through. Doesn't matter if you're steeped in sin right now or you're free as a bird. Doesn't matter. He wants an intimate fellowship with you. But notice what Moses did. He retreated from his daily activities and he went to have fellowship with the Lord. And when he did that, notice in verse 8, that the people watched. And as a result of Moses going there in verse 9, they knew that Moses was tabernacling with the Lord. In verse 10, the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose and worshipped each man in his tent door. As a result of Moses, but type of Jesus, as a result of Jesus, you and I can do the exact same thing. We can have that fellowship. We can have that meeting one-on-one -on -one with the Lord. God wants to speak to you and I in freedom and openness through His Word every day. Every day. You need to take off the worldly glasses that keep you from seeing Jesus. And notice that sometimes you have to retreat and go out separately. And sometimes on your journey, there's hot sand that burns. And it's not always a pleasant journey in your tabernacling with the Lord. Just got to ask a question. Like, do you have these spiritual glasses on? Is this something that you can relate to, spiritually speaking, that... God is trying to open up your eyes to the things of Him. 
His love for you. His care for you. His forgiveness that's available to you. You might be here again as a visitor or someone that's been coming to the church and you've never asked Jesus into your heart. So if you're here today, if you feel that the Lord's calling you to start that walk with Him for the first time or to rededicate your life to Him, we'll take advantage of that because we'd love to pray for you. We'd love to give you some material to help kickstart your journey with Him again or for the first time. You've been listening to To Every Generation from Calvary Chapel Crossfields. We're located at 15 Half Acre Road in Jamesburg, New Jersey. We meet for Bible study Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. and Sunday service begins at 10.30 a.m. On Sundays we have children's church for all ages in addition to infant and nursery care. You can find out more about the ministry here at Calvary Chapel Crossfields by going to cccrossfields.org. Thanks for listening, and may God bless you.